0: Higgins.
1: Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. My grandfather fought in the Battle of Okinawa. The battle was the last major battle of World War II and one of the bloodiest. On April 1st, in 1945, it was an Easter Sunday, the Navy's Fifth Fleet and more than 180,000 U.S. Army and Marine Corps troops descended on the Pacific island of Okinawa for a final push towards Japan. My grandfather was Clifford J. Peralt, private first class. By the time I became his grandson, it had been many years since he had fought. And I don't remember a lot about my grandfather. I was pretty young when he passed, except that he smelled like cigarettes, alcohol, old spice, and butterscotch candy. And I remember his sadness, although he always put a smile on. On my face. We were friends, and I would stay up late with him when I visited. We would watch Johnny Carson and laugh. And he would tell me the stories of the war, and being so young and not knowing better, I would ask him details. But there was a pain I could feel that stayed with him most nights. And I remember a sadness hung over his easy boy chair mixed with his cigarette smoke. Those memories of my grandfather are fading, and he has been gone for over half my life now, which makes me a little ashamed, I suppose. I fight the mind, the fading memories. I don't want to forget him. And my mother was a true flower child. She still is. My father, although he served for a few years, was a hippie too. How often do you think of your family members who sacrificed that traumatic time away from us to do what was so hard for us? How hard was that for them? How selfless? How scared were they? Did they miss us? For decades, when I think of those things, and then I talk to a veteran, I'm never sure exactly what to say. And so, shamefully, I probably say too little. Because what do you say to those who experience battle for us and who have seen and done things that we can't imagine? Thank you, I suppose. I'm going to find out the answer to my question that I've been thinking about my whole life with my special guest today, War Hippies. We'll be right back.
2: Headed to the gallows, you could hear him say Baby girl, promise it'll be okay She begged and pleaded, said you have to wait The lawman man said, girl, you're way too late Good Lord willing, in the creek don't rise town. Folk hollering, hang up high. Sin is sin in the good Lord's eye, and the hangman's waiting just to watch you die. Good Lord willing, in the creek don't rise town. Folk hollering, hang up high. Sin is sin in the good Lord's eye, but you might have got it wrong if the hangman cried.
0: Them up high, side by side. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe.
2: Hi,
3: this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. And I'd like you all to check out my latest record. It's called Hermitage. And um, you can find it wherever you find all the other albums you like. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it too. All right. Take care.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny It's got heart, and my shoulder appears in Episode 3. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com
1: Welcome back to the Jeremiah show. My special guests today are war hippies. This is a band that is doing so much. In addition to producing some incredibly beautiful music that I can already tell that I'm already out of time and we haven't already started. (laughs) So let's get started. They are a country music duo comprised of combat veterans, Scooter Brown, Donnie Reese. They formed in 2022. Their experience in combat and love for country has inspired some really incredible music, which we'll be playing throughout the show today, as well as initiatives for veterans that have rallied their fans and support and action. War Hippies has garnered widespread critical acclaim for their genuine songwriting and their stellar live performances. But before they were War Hippies, there was Scooter Brown. Scooter served four years and three months and two tours overseas with one tour of combat in Iraq as a United States Marine. Musically, he has more than five million streams across all his platforms, and they are counting. The wheel is spinning as we talk right now here on the radio. He debuted at the Grand Old Opry in 2019 and has performed, has performed at the Ryman Auditorium won the 2020 Fan Army Award and the 2019 Mel Vocalist of the Year Award at the Rocky Mountain Country Music Awards. He's competed on USA Network's Real Country on Travis Tritt's team. We just had, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. And he was named to Rolling Stone's 10 Country Artists. That you need to know. His bandmate is equally impressive. Donnie Reese served in the U.S. Army. From 2001 to 2009, one combat tour in Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom from 2004 to 2005. Donnie's Music Catalog has achieved 26 Billboard Top 10s and four songs on the Billboard 200 chart to date. He's the owner and the executive producer of the Twelve Three South Recording Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. And I love this. You launched, Donnie, your own violin line in 2017. The Donnie Reese Violin Collection. War Hippies are a must-see status with country fans. Their debut self-titled album, War Hippies, was released on October 14th, 2022. So at the break, go download it. Go get it. The album quickly reached number eight on the iTunes country chart and number 30 across all genres in its first week of release. And this uh, past year in 2022, very cool Travis Tritt and Chris Jansen added War Hippies to their can't miss tour. Welcome, guys. How are you?
3: Good. Hey, thanks thanks for, having for having
1: us. So good to have you on the show. Love the music. Uh, we were putting it together in the soundtrack this morning for a couple hours with my sound engineer, and we had had a lot of fun. The not only is the music great, uh, the videos are incredible which we're going to talk about as we, as we introduce the music. So at the, in my introduction, uh, which you guys were here, you heard this is always, uh, if I could ask this question because I think you guys would have the right answer for me. You know, what do you say to a war veteran when you, when you, you meet them? I mean, there's so much to say, but how do you, how do you, how do you connect, connect in that way?
3: You know, it's, um, I don't know that I have the answer for you (laughs) either. Um, I'll tell you this. I'm a firm believer, um, and Donnie and I kind of state this just about every night at our shows. Um, I don't believe that necessarily saying anything is is really necessary. um, But we think the best way to thank somebody uh, for their service is literally just to get up every day and pursue happiness to the best of your ability and live your best life. Um, Because there's a lot of people that don't get to anymore that fought for the idea of freedom. And, you know, it doesn't matter where our government sends us, whether we agree with it or not. Like what, when we put the uniform on 99% of us put it on because we believe in, in fighting for freedom for all people. Um, And there's a lot of people that have done that and have sacrificed their lives, sacrificed, uh, their body, their mind. Um, and we do it for people to, to pursue happiness and live in, in a free country. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wrap that up by saying like, I don't think that anything needs to be said really. I think it's just like, we want to know that people just appreciate freedom and that they're waking up every day and using it to the best of their ability. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah
1: donnie that is that how you feel
4: yeah i mean you know we we you know we always hear thank you for your service which is you know we very it's very much appreciated absolutely um but we a lot of us are are of the mindset like scott said it's it's you know it's kind of like don't mention it you know Mm. just uh you know get up and get up and uh and and live your life and be happy and uh and just and just you know remember that there's been a lot of people that have that have uh fought and died for your ability to, to, to be and in, in, uh, in live and live and express yourself, uh, in, in the beautiful way that America allows you to do it.
1: I, I think that's, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful idea. Uh, and when you, when you think about it that way, just you, that's even more, uh, that, that goes, that plays along with the, with the idea that what you did, which when you, when you signed up and when you went on tour, um, you were doing it for those reasons so that I could wake up and just appreciate it. And so when I wake up in a bad mood or when I wake up and I complain about the silliest things, the best thank you you're saying to to you and to the veterans is that it's just, it's just to really say, hey, well, look at what I have, you know, look at the country we live in, look at the city I live in, look at the, you know, what I get to do today. And I've got those freedoms. Um, and there's a reason for that, because others have c- come before and and are still serving out there, so that we can enjoy the our days, our time on Earth. That's really unselfish. But it's it's a beautiful thought, though.
3: I, I think, yeah, yeah I, I think that um, you know, I've 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 been fortunate enough to travel a lot, and I've been to every state in the union. I've been to three different u.s territories and 36 or 38 different countries and um you know America's never been perfect but it's it's pretty dang good and i think that when you see the world uh the way that some of us have seen it it's like well i mean i'm not taking this for granted like i mean we we have our issues and our problems amongst each other but you know that's part of this whole experience of a melting pot that we have. You know that's never happened before, and you know. Um, but in all reality, like you know, somebody's that's down on their luck has it a lot better than a lot of other places around the world. Um, you know, and I think just it's important to to remember that and um, and to keep the idea of freedom alive. You know, for for all people everywhere.
1: What really made me think of you guys uh, and and a little bit in a bigger picture as well your mu- it was your music today um, and it struck me that that's a gift, obviously it, being musicians and giving that gift of your music that you that you make but the but your lyrics and and just the beautiful harmonies and the way that the music carries a, a message almost in that unspoken way you just described it doesn't it doesn't your music what you guys are doing with your music musically and artistically carries that unspoken um uplifter that that message
4: yeah well it's it's a it's a reflection of of uh our experiences, you know, our lives, our families, you know, our, and, and it's an experience of, it's a, it's a, it's a reflection of how we feel about, you know, everything and about people. Uh, and, 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 and then, you know, and, and a lot of it is, is from the heart and true stories. And then, you know, a lot of it is, is, is storytelling and it's in its most genuine sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we, 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 we work hard at, it and we're, we're very thankful to be able to do it. So hopefully you can feel that and hear that. Uh, and the fact that we uh, we really enjoy doing it and are, and are very blessed to have the opportunity to do it.
1: Is it okay if I ask you about yourself? You know, who who are you, Donnie? And how did you, you know, you, I know you served and you're a musician and you've got all these great, both of you have a list of, of accomplishments. But who are you, Donnie? And and I want to ask the same as Scotty, like who as a person, what did you go through to become, to get where you are today and to pursue a life in music?
4: Sure. Uh, Well, I'm just, you know, to start out, I'm just a poor kid from Ohio who, uh, who wanted to be a major league baseball player, like all the rest of us. I'm I'm born and raised in Cincinnati, (laughs) Ohio. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I, in a very early age, uh, you know, had a uh, proclivity towards uh, athletics, but also had a uh, proclivity. that was really drawn towards music. And we had the, uh, orchestra program come through when I was in the fifth grade and I begged my parents to play the violin and they thought they didn't have any idea why. And, and, uh, my dad said to me, he said, uh, you know, just give me your word that you'll learn how to play it. And uh, as soon as I got that thing, I'll never forget opening the case, and smelling the wood and the rosin and and just, and then they, they taught me how to use it. And I took that thing with me to the bathroom, you know, for the next 10 years. And, and uh, you know, my dad was a service technician, uh, two great parents, you know, two great family, very supportive, you know, two beautiful brothers. Um, but we were, you know, just, um, you know, just a normal, uh, you know, you know family in 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 ohio growing up and and i was uh um and believe it or not um you know they they, you know they awarded this knucklehead a a full scholarship to college and uh and i was the first person in my family with the last name reese to ever attend college and it was because of that violin, and uh you know, that's, it's one that's, of the, cool. that's one of the reasons that, yeah, it's very cool. And that's, that's, that's one of the main reasons that we've got the, uh, I've got my own violin line and things like that is to inspire the kids. And we'll talk more about that as we, as we move along, but, you know, that's really it. It just, uh, um uh, and then, you know, had a, had a strong, uh, strong, strong, strong desire to serve my country and, and the opportunity presented itself. And that's really the only time that I've, um, really taking a break from music got back from uh from uh iraq and kind of hit the ground running and um actually the first thing i was in was a was a black gospel band named champion and uh we did really well we had two number ones on three number one records that was really cool and uh and and then just kind of have moved on and evolved and 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 been able to to work in all these different genres and and now we've got this thing with the war hippies which is uh you know, it seems, seems more like a movement than it does a band, I think more than mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and, and yeah, it's cool kind, of, kind of kind of come full circle from this, you know, uh, you know, this kid who probably wouldn't have graduated high school if they wouldn't have brought the orchestra program along, you know, the music, music really
1: in a way saved you and guided you all, all the
4: saved my life, saved my life. The only thing, you know, that, I mean, all the, 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 the military and war really taught me how to listen and how to be a better man. taught me taught me how you know what I was what I was doing wrong, how to really self reflect. And then after that, you know, uh, you know, of course, my beautiful wife came along and really saved my butt. <laughs> And, uh, as they always do <laughs> that is the truth behind me yes behind us all there's a great woman
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> well let me go back if you don't mind to the choice you you receive first family member to, to go to college receive a scholarship in college because of the violin and um and congratulations on that i'm sure you're still still happy about that one that would be such a thrill to, it to was. Get, uh but then you made the choice. You had this strong, as you put it, this strong calling, this desire to, to serve. What, where did that come from uh, in, Well, in the middle of like, here's, here's my music career taking in a way I can see the future, but I'm going to put it on hold and go serve. Was that a hard decision? where did that, that, where did that come from? That, that strong it, desire.
4: Honestly, it wasn't a hard decision. My, my, uh, I, there was a lot of military in my family, my, uh, my great uncle Donald, uh, my great uncle Donald, landed on the beaches in Normandy in World War II. Uh, my grandpa served in the Marine Corps during Korea. Uh, my uncle Tony did two tours in Vietnam uh, and as a Marine. And uh, my uncle Jimmy was in the Marine Corps. And so I just had this really strong. We had, you know, obviously right back in that time, in that time frame, you know, uh, the book Black Hawk Down and the movie had come out. So we were kind of reading that. It was really inspiring, you know, our generation and we and really opening our eyes to what was going on. And then, you know, when, when, when the towers went down, it was, it was just kind of, I think for a lot of us, it's just a straw that broke the camel's back. It was really a, uh, it seemed like a no brainer. And, and I know for me, it was like, you know, how fast can I get, you know, in, involved in this? And uh, it, it uh, I think it was definitely harder on everyone else. Everyone else thought it was absolutely crazy, but to me, I knew I was doing the right thing and that's just 100% what I was supposed to be doing
1: you mention that the army made you a better man and sh- and made you listen more made you more responsible I, I i mean maybe it's spoken of but when i don't hear a lot of of that description of the army or, or of serving in combat or or going through training um, its discipline yes it's the probably the best discipline in the world and training in the world, but when you when you serve, but uh, you, it, I'm, I'm thinking about this this um, the similarities to sports and a team, mm-hmm. and, and then the military. That's what does it teach you as a man and to become a better man? Because I don't hear that a lot, but I, I think that's that's really true. That's a really true statement that you probably should hear more often. The the lessons that you learn, how it shapes you.
4: Well, I think I think for me you know well, I know for me it was it was you know facing for the first time in my life truly facing my mortality. And so you have you know in in you have downtime to think and you have self-reflection and and you really do have to listen because you're going into a situation you've never been in before and and you need to listen to those who've gone in gone in before. And uh so you realize you realize where your where your where your flaws are, where your strengths are and um you know, for me, it was just you know, if, if I die right now, you know, I'm, I I just felt like I had I had not been, you know, I, I to me I I felt like I could have been better to those who cared for me and loved me, and, and 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 at that point in time, it was it was it was really an epiphany of of if if you when you when when I was facing my mortality at that at that uh at that age, it, 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 I felt like there were a lot of things that I could have done better. And now I'm very thankful for the opportunity to still be alive and to, and to have been able to be, you know, uh, um, you know, a better brother, a better, a better son, you know, a good, a better friend, you know, uh, a good husband. Those things are, 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 blessings in everyday life. And I think that's really what, uh, what I mean when I say that.
1: Shooter, tell us about your experience. By the way, um, uh, before you start on the radio, uh, we're doing this. You know, this is a radio show, but it is also taped uh, on YouTube. Scooter, uh, I hope you don't mind if I divulge before I air. You had mowed your lawn. You jumped in the pool. Now you're sitting on your your porch, looking at out at your acreage, and uh, you're like the land, the land man. You're it's just a beautiful scene there. It looks <laughs> it looks great, Nashville, right outside of Nashville.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm a. I'm a outdoors junkie nerd um I probably spend when I'm at my house, I spend ninety percent of the time outside, whether it's summer or winter um I'd, it's just my my place. I love it.
1: Are you wearing shoes
3: i I'm, I'm in my flops <laughs> okay good good
1: okay back uh, to sorry, I cut you off. I just had to set the scene there that's such a i'm I was telling you I'm envious it's you're outside and I'm in a studio and it looks beautiful.
3: It's uh, killer. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping these storms hold off while we're doing this interview though. Um,
1: How far apart are you guys right now for, in location?
4: Uh, 35 minutes.
1: 35 minutes. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I actually grew up in Colorado. Um, uh, Just on the, on the Eastern slope in uh, golden area um, of Colorado. And, uh, same thing. Grew up playing baseball and doing the sports thing and then uh, started working a lot of ranches and uh, got into doing high school rodeo uh, where I rode bulls and uh, tried my hand at some bareback horses and, and some other stuff like that. And uh, um, yeah, I always knew that I was joining the military, like from a very young age. Um, uh, I, I probably could have had some opportunities with some other things but i just knew that that's what i was going to do um and i actually went to go join the army Uh, this is a really funny story and i I went to go meet the recruiter and this guy walks out and he just wasn't the best uh he he wasn't the best representation of the army at the time and uh he, he forgot i was coming
0: And so he told me to sit on
3: a curb and this guy, he walked out and he was smoking a cigarette, kind of had a little bit of a pot belly. His pant leg was hiked up and I was just kind of like, man, this guy's a little, a little, a little weird, but, uh, whatever. So he told me, he said, man, I forgot you were coming. um, Sit it's always a
1: great way to start right to start a relationship i, for, yeah, yeah. I, I mean <laughs> thank you i feel like you two
4: i feel like the two the army recruiter and the marine corps recruiter were in the same office and they they, they like going back and forth for quota now your <laughs> yeah. turn to go out for your turn to go out and be the shit
3: <laughs> you might have been and, uh, and, uh, uh, and cigarettes so, like
1: okay go ahead yeah he's going. like so he's like
3: oh you know what? I, I forgot That's you professional. were professional you know I'll be back in 20 minutes, man, have a seat on the curb. And I was just sitting on the curb outside. And so I was sitting up for about five minutes and then the door swings open and I look over my shoulder and here comes this Marine and he's jacked into like perfect uniform and creases and like, his name was Staff Sergeant Gonzalez. And he looked at me and said, Hey man, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm sitting here waiting for the army recruiter. And he was like, you want to look like him or you want to look like this? And I said, I want to look like that. And he said, step into my office. <laughs> I didn't really know a whole lot about the Marine Corps. I was kind of a um, same thing, watched a lot of Green Beret movies and, you know, stuff like that. And that's kind of where I wanted to go. Uh, but I joined the Marine Corps that day. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to music, I, I, when I joined the Marine Corps, I had intention on doing 20 years and retiring. Um I had no other plan I was a scout in light armored reconnaissance. Um, we were kind of a jack of all trades. I love my job. Um, I succeeded at my job um, and excelled at my job. Um, but I learned how to play guitar in the Marine Corps. Mm. And so go reverse a little bit back to my, when I was doing my rodeo stuff, I really got involved in, you know, Western poetry. Uh, Baxter Black you know and stuff like that where I started writing western poetry I just didn't tell anybody about it and I was kind of doing it for myself and very like outdoors uh, stuff but I've always loved music and music has always hit me like you know a song can make me emotional and a guy was walking across when I first got to the fleet with a guitar and a cowboy hat on and I was like I should go talk to that guy And he ended up becoming one of my best friends and he would teach me a few chords and I would steal his guitar. And finally he was like, man, you need to go get your checkbook. I'm driving you into Oceanside and you're getting your own guitar. And uh, so I got my own guitar and kind of like what Donnie did with his violin when he first got it, I was obsessed with it. I would take it in the bathroom. I would get up early for chow, play before chow, play during the, You know, between the break between that and formation before we started the day, and I started writing songs, and um, I fell in love with it, and i I was about to do my second reenlistment. I was going to go to Bridgeport, California, to be a mountain survival instructor, Um, and I turned it down at the last minute and ended up moving down to Texas with a bunch of friends because I'd kind of found out about this Texas theme of music and started. To, to pursue music. So after I got back from Iraq, um, I moved down to Texas and kind of lived on a, in a, in a double wide trailer with my buddy's dad on 40 acres. And I've cut and mowed and bailed hay and wrote songs on the porch for probably about a year or so. Um, and then that's how I got started kind of going into music.
1: Did you think at that time I'm going to, be a big star i'm going to be uh a big music country music star i'm I'm going to do all the things that that have happened you know that you set in motion did you think that big or did you think i'm 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 working for a living i'm and i'm living life i'm playing music that's enough or did you want big did you want more
3: i i, I wanted more out of it like I, I wanted to see if i could do it um I didn't know anybody involved in, in music, I had no idea what I was doing, um, you know. It, but I started, off, I started off small, I started off with one goal at a time and I remember a conversation that I had with my dad and I said, you know, one day I just want to play on a stage with a microphone and speakers in front of people and that happened. And then it was like, I want to put together a band and then that happened and then I want to make an album. I want to record music. And that happened. I was like, I want to hear one of my songs on the radio one day. And that happened. You know what I mean? So like, I just like, I've always had it in my head, but I also, I'm also realistic in knowing like I just have to take baby steps because I didn't know nothing about music. Donnie and I are complete opposites when it comes to music. He's a classically trained, he understands theory. He can read it, probably write it, all the things. Whereas I can't tell you what chord or what key I'm playing in half the time, um, because I just I learn by ear, and everything that I do is by um, memorization, um, which is what I think is really unique about our our music styles is that we bring com- two completely different styles together um, in creating music. Um, but I knew that if I was going to get out of the Marine Corps that I had to really I was going to try. I was going to try my best at it. And it really wasn't until I met my wife. Um, I met her in Texas and, uh, we've, we've been together now for 18 years, um, four kids. Um, I and know. thank you. Um, and she's the one that really pushed me cause I'm, I'm naturally lazy. Like I have to push myself. Um, I have to have intention or, somebody lighting a fire and my wife was lighting the fire um and she was the one who was like man you need to be doing this you need to be booking shows here so she actually started booking for myself and then another country artist that i started with uh cody johnson and cody and i were writing together and playing the texas circuit and um she was kind of booking and managing us both until we both got on with a booking agency in texas um but uh no I still like I still pinch myself every day that I do this for a living and that we've accomplished what we've accomplished and create creative relationships with the people we've created relationships with um, it's it's been a long long road like I started this journey I mean I started scooter Brown band in 2005 in Texas um, I was there for about 12 years until charlie daniels took me under his wing um him and his manager david Corlew, and that's i moved to nashville about eight years ago um but i still am just like is this really what i get to do like this is this is amazing Incredible. like i i just love it
1: what a great what a great story both of you guys have and i love how it how did it actually let me let me say it put it this way the Classically trained, Donnie's classically trained, reads music and all that, and you're trained by the by your ear, Donnie. How does the? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this correctly. How does the how does the music come together the way you guys do it so well together, with with those two different disciplines and those two different backgrounds and, and musically training, uh, trained as someone who oh. can read sheet music and write it and all that and you're classically trained does it ever complicate or is it actually no, no. match made in heaven
4: he, well he, i am classically trained but you have to realize i haven't seen it i have seen probably three pieces of sheet music in 25 years <laughs> like i i play i play i have to play every i have to make it up in my brain because i'm usually working with people i don't have an orchestra i don't have you know band players i don't i don't you know we're not doing any of that we're we're, we're playing and so and so um <clears throat> we do we do very similar things it's just as the way you know i i could if you put it down in front of me yeah, i could read it but nobody gives me that nobody gives us music i think i i i had one gig where I was in a big band and I had sheet music and I was like, wow, this makes it a whole lot faster. And the, uh, um, I forgot how, I forgot how fast you can move when you don't have to make it up out of your brain all the time. The, uh, um, but, uh, no, it's very, very complimentary styles. I mean, we've, we've, um, uh, grew up listening to a lot of the same music. I mean, he's, he's definitely a little more old country than I am, but we have a lot of this, like a lot of the same, uh, we like a lot of the same things, a lot of, a lot of similarities as people. So that's really the, the the biggest thing and, and as a and as a producer and as somebody who's played in so many different genres, my job is really to listen more than anything. So, you know, once I started listening to Scott as a songwriter and listening to him as an as an artist, then I can kind of then I'm able to kind of come in, begin to complement that. And then once we then once I'm able to complement that, then we can start then we started creating together, which which is is, you know, and then and and but the chemistry was there from the very beginning. You know, and that's really the most important. I mean, the first time Scott and I ever played together, you know, he's in my studio and we're just hanging out. That's all. We've never, I've never heard him play. He's never heard me play. We're just hanging out as buddies. He's in my studio. We're hanging out. He goes, hey, I got a show coming up. You want to come play it? And I'm like, well, sure, I guess. And so, you know, it, 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 it kind of dawns on us. We're standing backstage and we're and I'm, and I'm realizing, man, I've never heard this guy play. And he I know he's never heard me play. And so I'm like, what are we gonna play? And he goes, I don't know. And I was like, Do you got like a, you give me like a key signature or something? So we like at least have an idea. And I'm like, and he's like, No, nah, I'm just gonna wing it. You know, it's so and that's that it 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 it, it, it uh it's so we get up there and we yeah, we get up there and we play and uh and and, and I think we ended up with, you know, in a big, big cast of characters and having never heard each other, having never rehearsed anything. Uh and we ended up with like two or three minutes standing ovation. Uh, And then, you know, right right then and there, you know, the lightning had struck, but, you know, situations like that, you know, I've been in not anything where the lightning had struck like that before, but a lot of times as a musician, you're really thrown into the fire and it's just like, you know, play. You're like, well, what do you want me to play? Well, I don't know. Just play. You're supposed to know the parts, you know.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love that. Fire, lightning struck. And you guys knew, you just knew you were there. You were, you were in it and we are with war hippies right now the album is out you got a minute here during commercial break go download go go pick up a copy there's a new release slated for the fall 2023 maybe we'll hear a little bit about that i'm with scooter brown donnie reese their website is warhippies.com you can find all their social media links from warhippies.com um It's pretty easy. It's War Hippies Music or War Hippies. Search it out, find it. And uh, I'm going to take you to break right now with the War Hippies. And let me tell you what you're going to be listening to. And maybe we can talk about it on the other side. The Hangman. We'll be right back.
2: Another sold-out show out here on the road. Got a little fame, work with some big names Everybody says, I'm on my way ride ups and rolling stone, six months since I've been home Traded in the fan, the bus has got us rolling on Everybody says, yeah I'm killing it When the curtain falls, and there ain't no mess cause the room is empty, and I should be feeling ten feet tall. The shooting star is killing me. But I ain't feeling nothing at all. I ain't got no whiskey problem. I got a you problem. We should be dancing at the top, but I've hit the bottom of this box. Up just a little bit, tonight am killing
0: Welcome Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on CORE Radio. Keep on rocking to the CORE. CORE Radio, the Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CORE Radio dot rocks.
1: Hello, my name is Anais Reno, I'm a jazz singer based in New York City, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. And sometime soon, I will be coming out with a new record with the great Peter Bernstein on guitar, David Wong on
4: bass, and Joe Farnsworth on the drums, I'm very excited about it. But since that is not out yet, in the meantime, if you want, you can listen to
1: my debut record, called Love Something with the Emmett Cohen Trio in which we celebrate the music of Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. Thank you so
3: much. Happy listening.
0: And we're back with the Jeremiah Show.
4: I never liked him I never thought I'd need him Never thought I would Oh, reasons Oh, I had my reasons No amount of preaching Would've done any good I was lost
2: as hell A billion miles from grave When I saw the light
4: In the damnedest place In a smoke-filled bar I saw an angel's face and answer to a prayer
2: That I never prayed
1: Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. I'm with the War Hippies. Their new debut album came out last year. It's out now. And there is a new release slated for the fall of 2023. Scooter Brown, Donnie Reese, their website, warhippies.com. Go check them out. Guys, um, so we talked, you know, you've you've been in combat. You've served uh, music has run parallel you had parallel lives that come together lightning struck on stage and and here you are you're born uh and you are war hippies the there's a conflict in your name isn't there in a way i mean war and hippies tell me a little (laughs) bit about the name and if that's intentional conflict if there's a story there if uh you know what you want me to think
3: you know it's you know the, the name is is really been around since vietnam um you know a lot of the guys that came back and fought in vietnam and then protested they called war hippies um it, it kind of morphed into a little bit more i think with us um i was actually it was kind of an accident i was given an interview for a magazine and the lady asked my, me to dis- describe myself and i said i don't know I was, i'm kind of a war hippie and she said what do you mean i was like well you know i'm I'm a combat veteran Marine, but now I'm, you know, a long haired, uh, dude that, you know, loves, uh, nature and outdoors and natural remedy and meditation and grounding. And, you know, all about, you know, all that stuff. And just that, that peacefulness, uh, of trying to find peace, um, and just being cool with one another and loving everybody. And, and I said, but i I still have that warrior in me. And, I'll still stick an ax in somebody's face if they come and try to take that from me. And she just, we went on about the conversation. And then when the headline came out, it said, it's felt proclaimed war hippie Scooter Brown. And as soon as I saw it as a headline, I was, it, I put it in my, my memory and I just said, that's going to be something that's going to be, that's going to be something. And you don't meet very many combat veterans in the music business. And so when Donnie and I linked up and that we captured that lightning it just kind of hit me and i said hey man i got this idea called war hippies the only way i can do it is with another combat vet and he's another long haired bearded dude that's just like trying to do the same thing i am and like like let's try it and you know uh yeah uh it's the people love the name it's the craziest thing you wear war hippie shirt into a gas station and somebody behind you is tapping you on the shoulder going, hey, what's War Hippies? <laughs> and then they, they end up buying one. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh,
1: well, I want to talk so, about that too. Your merchandise, your brand that you're building, it's a, it's pretty amazing. And uh, well, let's let tell people where to get, where you can get one of those t-shirts.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, everything's on warhippies.com. Uh, we also partnered with Nine Line Apparel. They're doing a bunch of stuff uh, with us and uh, we actually have one out. Um, we're doing one a month. That's a limited so it comes out and then it goes away um mark it's kind of kind of a a one off thing so um, but uh yeah th- all the links are on warhippies.com.
1: well and one of if i could point out you guys are at a different level of success but um music business is hard and it's changed so much and if i could point out um for you and you can agree or disagree but merchandise is really how you can support a musician buying their merchandise and buy buying their tickets and, you know, obviously supporting the music online, but more the where the real money comes in for you to keep you doing what you're doing would be through merchandise and touring. Right. And, and maybe, a, yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I
4: mean, yeah. Stream, streaming can be okay, but it's, uh, it's definitely uh, nothing, nothing touches like uh, like merchandise and just coming out to see shows, mm-hmm. tickets, Getting come see us. Yeah. Yeah. Live,
1: live. You get a chance to get out live again, live music, go see them go watch a lightning strike.
3: <laughs> and let me tell you something if if you like the album, the album's great, but it ain't nothing like the live show. The live yeah. show is just it's it's one of those things where you have to see it to to completely comprehend how much sound is coming from three dudes on stage. It's um it's it's really cool.
1: Let me just mention then since you mentioned live music, Farm Jam Festival up in Colville, Washington. Go see uh uh, go see a uh, war hippies at Farm Jam. Real farm, real people, real music. They're playing on a Saturday lineup. Big night, September second, twenty twenty three. Um, uh, farm Jam. What a great, what a great. Greg and Zara Knight are so great up there that that what a great idea. You know to
3: take uh, that's the one, of, farm. That's one of our favorite festivals.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's the biggest festival now up there too. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure up in the Pacific Northwest for music. So yeah, check it out, Farm Jam festival.com um it's i want to go back to something you said in the beginning of uh, that you were writing western poetry just for yourself that's to me that's pretty intriguing and interesting um where did you get into that how did like what is a describe western poetry to me i don't know if i've heard
3: um it's like you know like cowboy poetry or um it, it's mainly focused on uh western culture rodeo culture and outdoor mountain life culture um you know just like sitting there watching uh, you, you know up in colorado they have uh, still have herds of wild horses um and you know you go sit up and watching some of these horses and you know describing that in in a in a short poem you know kind of thing um a lot of mine was very much on the outdoors aspect of of uh the the western lifestyle um uh, not a whole lot of rodeo stuff there was there was a lot of rodeo stuff but not more of it was based on the outdoors and just my love for uh the mountains and then um you know it's funny when I joined the marine corps and spent a lot of time out at sea uh, I realized that I have a pirate side too so I struggled between my mountain man and my my pirate uh, uh egos uh but I just I love being outside and, and feeling the energy of the earth and the sunshine and the wind and but uh you know I don't know why I started really writing it I was not a school guy I didn't like school didn't like English class didn't like any of that um but for some reason I always had thoughts in my head and I just decided to write them down one day and kept on doing it
1: do you think that you will put out a a book of your poems one one day you You know
3: i've 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 thought about that actually um i still have a bunch of the ones from back in the day i haven't done as many poems lately um that i that i used to do but i've got a few ideas for books and then donnie and i both have some ideas for books we kind of want to kind of want to do it all we want to do books and tv shows and albums Mm -hmm. and every movies and everything
1: the music is very cinematic i I mean not only it, it, let's say I just listened to it without watching your excellent excellent videos, which are many films in their in their own right um, if i if I didn't look at that that <clears throat> cinematography, the great work that you guys did there, the imagery um, telling your bringing the song to life in a story uh it's cinematic it's uh it should be. And Westerns and movies and television shows like Yellowstone and those types of... I mean, it's just really, really good. Um, good good cinematic. You. It brings brings it to life in your mind, the imagery. Uh, you're also... It feels like you've you're, you've got a real theme of America and all different eras, maybe. You know, songs like The Hangman. Um, bring it, you know, your renditions of Amazing Grace, "Oh Holy Night... Uh, Star Spangled Banner, The Warriors' Farewell, American Sun, Believer. I mean, there there is a lot of America in there and a lot of, uh, probably of, of each of your lives now that we, we talk a little bit. Is there a theme, would you say, in this album? Or is it a theme in the band in general that will always be there, this feeling of prep? Pride and struggle in America, and and America's sons, which you both are.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, Scott said this in an interview one time, and uh, it's it's really the uh, you know there's been a sentiment you know it's kind of been brewing in our country. It's kind of you know almost anti-American and and just really uh, divisive and things like that. And we just want to want to encourage people to be be proud of their country again you know and be and be and be proud of their neighbors be proud of the history be proud of the past don't don't we don't you know we're not perfect America's never been perfect but it is it is it is a wonderful place that we hold very near and dear to our hearts and and both of us have seen the world um, all over the place and in, in, in every different capacity from from its beauty to to the to, to the to the hell on earth which is war you know mm-hmm. um, and 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 this place is 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 beautiful, and and we want people to to realize that, um, you know, the American dream, you know that, and and that, that we're living it, and we're part of it, and that this country is 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 still, uh, you can still achieve those things, and you can still be a part of that, even though it always it seems a little bleak from time to time. Uh, we want people to 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 not to not be discouraged, to be yeah.
3: proud Americans. I agree. I uh, I always go back to like I look at my country like the same way i look at my kids they might take me off but i still love them you know what i mean like (laughs) that's a good uh, like it's it i think that we i think people need to do a little bit more worldly uh traveling and and investigation before kind of running running the place that uh, that allows them um to do everything they want under the under the dirt and um uh and like like donnie said when we both said it now but we understand 100 that this country is not perfected but the way that i look at it is we've always we've always tried to be or we try to or we've righted wrongs and we still have a lot of wrongs that we need to right um but we we, tr- we try to do the right thing and i think that in the the heart and soul of americans not politicians and government and all that stuff, but the people that just are living their every single, everyday lives all want the same thing. We all just want to do our own thing, mind our own business, um, have an opportunity to pursue happiness um, and do and do something that we love and live a peaceful life. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to look past that when, People are in your ears nonstop telling you how bad it is.
1: I think those are great words to end this segment with. The War Hippies, my special guests this hour, Scooter Brown and Donny Reese. Their website is warhippies.com dot com. We'll be right back.
0: Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support Radio RadioIndiaAlliance.com.
5: Hi, I'm Frank Costini, chef winemaker of Pitching Post Wines and Pitching Post 2 Restaurant in Gilton California. We grill over wood for 70 years, my family. and have been making wine for 40 years, Pinot Noir, our specialty. Come visit us here and at Highway 246 in Bealton, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show.
0: Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on its radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen...
2: You fought and died with honor You no longer wear the burdens or the scars Sing low up on high You're with the keeper of the stars now Guarding the gates of the sweet by and by
1: Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. My very special guests this hour have been War Hippies, Scooter Brown, Donnie Reese. Welcome back, guys. Um, We've only got a few more minutes together, but I I have to talk about and mention the the veterans projects that you're involved in. Can you tell me about Scooter, about uh, your co-founding?
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I be, uh, co-founded an organization uh, with a friend of mine named Paul Bristol, uh, based out of Grand Junction, Colorado, called Base Camp Forty Warriors in the Wild. Uh, started off just as taking combat veterans on hunting and fishing trips and outdoor excursions. Uh, mainly, that's where I've that's where I find my peace of mind is in the woods. Not necessarily about you know hunting or harvesting anything. It's more about just being. Uh, in, in that, that space and recharging your battery. Um, and then it eventually turned into from combat veterans to all veterans. And, um, and then also now to uh, gold star families. And, uh, we're, we're introducing some first responders as well. And we've been doing that now for, I want to say we're in 13 or years or so, uh, when we started that and it's, it's been amazing. Um, just it it makes you feel like you're still serving um Mm -hmm. but donnie and i are both involved in numerous different um organizations uh, especially in the veteran community and also in um, the trafficking and uh, anti-human trafficking world as well
1: what made you again the calling you did your service you could have just gone on to a music career and left that behind but you haven't what drives you guys to for the, what is the calling that, that continues to drive you to not only realize your dreams and music and affect and touch other people, but, but the other work that you do, you're just constantly involved.
3: Well, I think that it's, it's just, I think it's who we are as individuals. Like we just, we want to help like, just like with Basecamp 40, the, the reason why it got started was Paul Bristol had taken me to this place called Mojo Rock that overlooks Western Colorado and in into the LaSalle Mountains in Utah. And it was the, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And I told him, I said, man, this is the first time since I've been home from Iraq. And this has been years that I felt completely at peace in my soul. Like, I just, like, could just breathe, and I was like, can you share this with more people? Can you bring more people up here? And he's like, yeah, he manages this huge 3,500-acre ranch up there, Um, and so that's how we started it. And it was like, if this does this for me, then it's got to have the same effect on other people as well. And I want other people that have been through the same situations that we've been through, to feel that peace because sometimes it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're hoarding that to yourself then you ain't being a very good person.
1: Uh, that's, that's great. Well, thank you. <laughs> Again, here I come to the question. What do I say to you? But I guess I, could, I can just say, thank <laughs> you guys for both your music. And Donnie's
3: organization's a great organization that he works with as well.
1: Tell me yeah, about I it, work, Donnie. But-
3: uh, I work with an organization called SODAF, which
4: is a uh, Special Operators Transition Foundation. It's actually founded by my buddy Rob O'Neill uh, years ago, and uh, we were—I work on specifically the the, the Nashville uh, side of it. Um, I do work some with the other um, some of the other events and some of the some of the larger scale stuff, but definitely Nashville. And uh, it's an organization in which um, they transition special op- the special operations community from uh, when they're about to ETS or retire from the military. So anywhere from special aviators, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, uh, MARSAC guys, the Marine Corps, the PJs in the Air Force, and the, uh, um, seeing who I left out. uh, I think you got the Rangers. I got the Rangers. The, uh, um, and the, uh, so, uh, you know, what they do is when they're about to ETS or retire, they they go through the program they get a, uh, they get executive coaches. They get tied into a massive network of, of businesses and organizations, and businesses, companies, corporations, uh, all of those things are the same thing. I just was very redundant in that, and uh, and, and also communities across the across the country, and they uh, they we help with making sure that they have as little downtime as possible.
1: And that's important, right? That activity to keep to keep moving. I mean, it is for everyone, right? Mentally, for your mental awareness. Wellness, and- Yeah,
4: absolutely. And a lot of these guys, you know, they, they've been in, you know, for 20, 25 years and, and you know, a lot of them started out and, you know, just this little grunt like me, but just kept going. And then, uh, and, and if, you know, just answered the call on every level possible and have just gone on and on and they're, they're great leaders, great problem solvers, great members of the community. And they, uh, uh, the last time they have to think about, uh, what they're going to do with themselves after coming out of such a, uh, stringent lifestyle, it's, uh, it's, it's better.
1: Yeah. I wanted to mention on tomorrow's show, uh, Joe Donaldson, his wife, Laura, they created Kilimanjaro Climb for a Cause to support the efforts of sheepdog impact assistance um, by giving amputee veterans the opportunity to show the world that they will not be defeated no matter what their circumstances. Um, Joe uh, will be on tomorrow, as well as Jeff Skunk Baxter. Doobie Brothers and uh, Steely Dan fame will be joining us. And uh, also Sergeant Lance Nutt, CEO and founder of Sheepdog Impact Assistance. So check that show out. That's going to be great. I want to connect you guys all together if I can. Um, I I think you guys are all working on some great efforts. Let's talk about we're out of time, but set the song up for me, if you wouldn't mind. We're going to (coughs) play... Uh, a single off of War Hippies debut album, "Make It Out Alive." This is a very special song to 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 you, to both of you. I, th- I think. Can you
3: tell yeah, us? About yeah, it? I'll, um, you know, it, it was written based off of a promise that I made God when I was over in Iraq, and I said, "God, if I make it out of here alive," kind of what Donnie said at the beginning of the of the interview. Want to come back home? Want to be the best man, best friend, best husband I can be one day and just be a productive member of society and pursue happiness to the best of my ability, because I, I was given the opportunity to continue on the, on the fight. And it's to pay homage to our brothers and sisters that died for us to be able to do that. And, um, um, that's how we're going to live our lives for the rest of our lives.
1: Okay. Final words, Donnie, any final words?
4: Uh, well, as far as that song goes, it's just, this is a, a small side note. We uh, we were in the studio, and I had never heard that song before, and he was playing it for me, and I turned around, and I said, whose song is that? And he said, it's mine. And I said, well, we're going to cut that. And uh, about six months into my deployment in Iraq, I had written an email to my since-past father-in-law, and I opened that email up with, if I make it out of here alive, I want to marry your daughter. Uh-huh. And that was... Uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, so yeah,
1: both stories from you guys. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thanks for the music. Thanks for the time today. And those stories, like I said, they just both gave me chills. And now, now you're going to get chills out there listening because we're going to play it for you in its entirety. Um Guys, do you want to thank anybody before I let you go off into the afternoon sunset
3: man of, of of course uh my wife Vicky could not do this business without her and I'll also thank Donnie's wife Christy cuz she does so much behind the scenes so we couldn't do War Hippies without her so and all of our team our management booking um and just thank you to the fans who support us because without y'all we don't get to do what we love for a living um everything is because you guys support what we do. And we're so incredibly grateful for that. Yeah. 100%.
1: Thanks guys. we're looking for a new album this fall. Maybe some new music.
3: Definitely gonna be a lot of stuff coming this fall. I think a lot of stuff coming this (laughs) fall. Yep. All types of things.
1: Donnie, did you say, did you thank your wife officially? I
4: don't know. I cut Uh, you off. Yes, (laughs) of course I want to thank my wife, Chris. (laughs) We've been together. We've been together for 22 years, believe it or not. Uh, you guys both yeah. uh,
1: what to look, what to men to look up to. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and always relationship music and, uh, and in your de- endeavors. And I hope to see you at farm jam in Colville, Washington over the long three day weekend uh, guys. I can't wait to see a Saturday night.
3: All right. you. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Appreciate you having us on. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Listen more. And evolve. Have a great day, everybody. Eighteen
2: feels like you're so grown up. You volunteered to fight for the things you love, sacrificing everything you love and hold dear. You can die for your country, but you can't drink a beer. Now if I make it out alive, I'm gonna hold her a little more tight. I'm gonna tell my old man I love him. I'm gonna praise God for my life. I'm gonna live for every sunset and for every sunrise. I swear I'll be a better man If I make it out alive Lonesome is a lonely sound but you never hurt lonesome till the fire comes down Never known if you're gonna live or die It can sure wage a war in a young man's mind If I make it out alive I'm gonna hold her a little more tight I'm gonna tell my old man I love him and I'm gonna praise God for my life I'm gonna live for every sunset And for every sunrise I swear I'll be a better man
4: If I make it out
2: I'm gonna tell my old man I love I'm gonna praise God for my life I'm gonna live for every sunset And for every sunrise I swear I'll be a better man If I make it out alive Make it out alive If I make it out alive Yeah yeah. Eighteen feels like you're so gone Volunteer to fight for the things you love Sacrificing everything in love and hold dear You can die for your country But you can't drink a beer
0: or on messenger on facebook or instagram the jeremiah show is produced by executive producer jeremiah higgins and me your announcer tony kelly communicate listen more and evolve
5: My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. I
0: love you. I love. You.
5: It's NFL Draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football